friends, Marvin B. here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. I want to say thank you for tuning in, whether you are watching live or you are listening by audio or watching the replay. Thanks for joining the show. As I mentioned, I am Marvin B. here, the host of the IT Business Podcast, your podcast for IT business support. We are here each week to try to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. So if you are a managed service provider, computer repair shop, a struggling IT professional working as a solo tech, or anything in that capacity, we are here to help you. This is the live Wednesday show. I try to do this every week. We also have audio podcasts that will be sprinkled in throughout, so be sure to head over to itbusinesspodcast.com where you can sign up using your favorite podcatcher. You can be alerted when the shows come on. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, anything that is podcast-related can be found there over at the site. I do apologize for being a couple minutes late. I have had a day. Actually, I've had two days, and I'll share that with you in just a little bit. Tonight, it is going to be just myself, and I know I mentioned this probably once, but with all of the stuff that's happened at the beginning of this year, the show has not been as consistent as I would have liked, but the last week of each month, I am going to try to reserve as a time for follow-up so that I can be sure to answer and respond to emails that are sent to me throughout. In the past, I have responded to the emails by simply writing back, but then not mentioning them on the show. So I want to be sure I do that and give them the attention they deserve and to help others that may be thinking of the same question but didn't ask. So I will be trying to do that once a month as well as give an opportunity for people to provide comments and feedback, show suggestions, all of those things. As we move a little bit further down the road, I may open it up to live in-studio guests. So if you're in the chat and you want to pop in and add something to the show, maybe correct me or add some other value, uh, we will be able to do that. I won't be doing that tonight, but we will in the future. So I want to say... If you ever have anything that you'd like to contribute or share, or even if you want to complain, that's fine too. You can do that during these shows. Of course, you can always go to the website and send me an email using the contact form there. Not too hard to find, Marvin at itbusinesspodcast.com. All right, let me go ahead and get a couple of announcements going here. So let me pull up the slides there. So if you are watching live, you are going to see these. But if you are just simply listening, this show is presented by NetAlly. They are your partner in the industry for being able to diagnose, troubleshoot, design, just about anything you need done with networking can be done with their handheld tools. I will be having some shows a little bit later to go over those tools more in depth. Actually, I'll talk about one of them tonight because it was part of my day. We've also got Computers Done Right, 
If you are in need of managed services from a trusted advisor, Computers Done Right, run by our good friend John, can help you do just about anything you need done with computers and even websites and other stuff. So computersdoneright.com. And I also want to do a special shout out and invite you to attend the 2022 annual TechCon Unplugged in Chicago. It is happening this year, September 16th through the 18th. And if you head over to techconunplugged.com, you will find all the details there. It is basically a weekend type show. It starts Friday and Sunday so that it doesn't interfere with your business and we'll get uh, face-to-face chats with vendors and other IT professionals. We will all share and have that shoulder-to-shoulder talk that we all want while we're at conferences. So head over there. Now, I was just sent an email this morning, and the gentlemen over at MSP Unplugged were kind enough to give me a discount code so that if you have not yet purchased your tickets and you are looking to head to TechCon Unplugged, I can get you a $75 off discount code. So when you go to the site, go to sign up, put in the discount code ITBP75OFF. That basically is the initials for the IT Business Podcast. So ITBP75OFF. And that'll get you $75 off of the ticket price. I have no idea how many spots are left. I actually don't know much about the conference yet. Um, They will be getting with me soon because, as many of you heard, I will be the MC for this year's event. Outside of announcing who's coming up next, I'm not sure what that entails, but I will be there. I will be there enjoying the sessions just like you, a member of the learning audience. So thank you guys, Paco and Rick over at MSP Unplugged. All right, we'll get that done here. And let's see. All right, I see some people in the chat. If you have something that you'd like to ask, contribute, go ahead and do so. If you are just simply watching the replay, thank you again. And if you're listening by audio, this is why you would like to come to the show. So why am I late starting today and how has my days been? So this has been a very interesting week. Yesterday, I had to run up to Port St. Lucie, Florida. And for those of you that don't know the geography of Florida, I live in Fort Lauderdale. It is basically South Florida. And Port St. Lucie is an hour and a half north of me. It is literally just south of Fort Pierce but north of West Palm and Jupiter. And I've got a client with a satellite office there. It's one of my law firms. And this location, they actually moved from Vero to this location in 2019. And in 2020, they thought that they were going to open up a flexible office space. So kind of like a WeWork or um, whatever the Regis, whatever the other office sharing suite stuff is. So they were going to open up their own, and they purchased kind of like a penthouse suite and an office building 
on the second floor and half of it was going to be their law firm. The other half was going to be this flexible office space. And of course, what happened in March of 2020? COVID. So just as they were ready to start getting renters and people to uh, lease lease space because they were actually going to lease offices. They were going to lease, they had two conference rooms that they were going to do. We put in some click share stuff, some nice TVs, um, but that didn't happen. So what has been happening over the last two years is since they're not using that space, they've decided to start converting that over to the law firm because they are a growing firm, so they ended up using that space. Plus, they had people move to the Port St. Lucie area. It is one of those up-and-coming areas. Don't know why, but it is. And a lot of their people moved from West Palm to Port St. Lucie. So, of course, they wanted to stay with the firm, so they're making space here. Now, why this is important to me is when we set up the IT closet, there was already a rack there, a wall-mounted rack, And there was plenty enough space that I could have done cabling for both uh, of the companies in the same space. And we would have internet service for both. And we could just simply utilize the infrastructure that was there, switches. I could separate them out by VLANs. But the owner of the business said, no, we don't want to do that. We want everything to be separate. So literally, they had the cable company put in a new rack. So they had the old rack that was there that they used for the law firm, and they put in a new rack on the other side of the closet for the other space. And they got separate Internet accounts. So the law firm had their own Internet. The flexible office space had their own Internet. They had their own door access system. It was literally duplicative everything. And for... 18 months, they tried to wait and see if they could make this thing work. Well, they did not. So what does that mean? Well, all of the cables that were set up for the flexible office space then had to be connected over to the law firm. And literally, we were running cables up the wall, over the ceiling, down the other wall to cross-connect them. And then they said, okay, well, we can't do that. So why don't you add data jacks? for the law firm in the offices that we set up for the office space. So then we added another set of jacks in that office space. And so then you had patch panels that were just basically adding on top of each other. So they ended up just using the entire space for the law firm. So now what they're doing is they're just moving people and are now realizing that their phones are not working in the new space. And the reason is... On the law firm side, the internet service provider is the one that's actually doing their phones, and they're set up through an MPLS, so they have their own switch that the phones must plug into. So if they're plugged into the other side, they're not connecting into the into the uh, windstream switch. That's who the provider is, unless we run a cable over and across the ceiling and stuff like that. So after two other cross-connection stuff or whatever, they finally said, okay, well, just go ahead and do what you were originally going to do three years ago. And so we ended up going in, taking out the one rack. Luckily, the cables were on the correct side. And so they just simply pulled the cables over with the patch panels, put them into the other rack, and we had all the cables finally 
back on one side and we could plug everything into the proper switches and it didn't matter where they were and all of that stuff. So that was the job that I did yesterday. What ended up happening, and uh, hello, Tom, hello, Sam. I just want to make sure you know that I do see you there in the chat and I got started with my story. So don't think that I'm ignoring you, even though I kind of am like going on with the story, but I see you. So the cable guy came and he's moving the cables and he's doing all the stuff. And I realized he didn't bring anything with him. Basically, he brought a couple of patch panels because he thought he would do a something cross-connect. But then he didn't bring a tester. He didn't bring a toner. He didn't bring any of that stuff. And I thought, well, how are you going to make sure that the cables are good? And he thought that he would just simply bring everything over intact, just swing the patch panel over and wouldn't have to, you know, re-terminate or anything like that. Well, the problem is, is there is an actual conduit that the cables go through. So you couldn't fit the patch panel back up through that conduit. So guess what happened? I had to test cables. So that's what I was referring to earlier where I used my etherscope to actually test his cables. And so for those of you that do not know, the uh, etherscope that I have... I think I just needed to check. I just want to make sure I named it the right thing because I have so many so many of these Net Ally tools, I always switch up the names. But I will show you here. So this is what I have, and it is the Etherscope NHG. And normally I use this for just simply going in and doing network discovery and... You know, seeing what devices are on the network, I can do some testing. I use this for Wi-Fi analysis and all that stuff. But on the side here, there is a port that is not only a management port, um, a secondary LAN, but you can also use this to test your cables. And the Etherscope comes with those identification things that you plug into, you know, a jack or a switch or whatever. So I ended up testing all of his cables for him. So that was stuff that I just didn't plan on doing because I thought I would go up, show him where the cables were, show him where I wanted them, and then I could leave hoping they'd all be done. Well, that didn't happen, so I ended up having to stay. I did have some other work to do there while I was there, so it wasn't a total loss, but it cost me a big chunk of the day. Again, as I mentioned, Port St. Lucie is an hour and a half north of me. I was there four hours. And then an hour and a half back. So ended up being a long, long, long day. All right. So let me go back and, uh, yes, Tom said, hey, Unc and Sam, how are you all this evening? We are doing fine. Just here looking for some fun. Uh, I have had that problem with cablers regularly. Yeah, that is interesting. It is it is quite surprising how in this day and age we have a lot of people that are claiming to be professional cable technicians but yet don't have testing tools and some of them come now you know not that all testing tools are you know going to make you a professional but you know simply running down to the home depot and buying you know the $50 tester that's going to be good for some stuff but you know, when you've got to certify cables, when you've got to verify 
that they're working and stuff. And when you got to do it quickly, you need some of these heavy-duty tools. Uh, Fluke has always been the leaders. That's where the Etherscope um, and all of the Net Ally tools came out of the Fluke family. So I'm, I'm glad that I carry this with me all the time because it would have been it would have been embarrassing mainly because I'm the one that recommended this guy found him. Now remember this is Port St. Lucie. So I had to find somebody in the area, kind of interview them, you know, on the fly blind and they presented themselves as, yeah, we can take care of you. We can do all that. We run cables all the time. Yeah. We're familiar with law firms. And, uh, when we got there, uh, not so much, but that was fun. That was fun. Let's see. Let me get to a couple of the emails. Now, I had mentioned previously that there will be some upcoming shows. So one of the things that I had asked for was feedback on the shows. And I mentioned that I'm going to be having Synology on in the near future. We actually have uh, scheduled some stuff in May where we are going to be doing at least for now three mini shows where we are going to tackle some of the more specific things within the Synology NASs, and then we're going to end off that series with a live show where I'll have one or two people from Synology on to, I don't know if we're going to do a live demo because we'll probably do those during the mini shows, but then they'll come back during the live show, answer any questions we have or stuff like that. So that is something that is really big. Uh, As many of you may have heard, I have gone Synology in the last year. And I now have 12 devices out in the field, and I am actually working on my 13th. I just ordered uh, a Synology NAS, hard drives and stuff, so that I could replace a camera system. I'll be putting in the Synology surveillance system and taking over 15 cameras. So we are doing a lot with Synology. And I got an email. Let's see here. Where is it? My stack of mail here. So this email here, oh, from Tom. I'm assuming the same Tom. Hey, Marv, would love to know if I can monitor Synology NAS on Enable RMM. Same with Magnus Box, if that's uh, interesting. So I'll be honest with you, Tom. I don't know. My guess is, is that if you can monitor SNMP, um, that'll work, but I've not done it. So I have been using just the Synology account. And I, what I've done is I've actually put an email address with my company in the customer NASs as the Synology account. I know that a lot of people like to have a customer account that they put on, but I'm the one that's managing them. So I put one of my email addresses in there and I use ActiveSync. So ActiveSync, I think it officially is still in beta. And the reason I say that is because they have plans to actually make us pay for that at some point. But I have liked what ActiveSync is done. And if you don't know, folks, Synology ActiveSync, and I'm going to pull it up here. And if I can get this done properly, I'll do a screen share. But it is just simply a, a dashboard where you can see all of your devices and you can connect to the devices. You can see the CPU usage and uh, 
there's a lot of good things that are happening. And of course, since I'm doing this live, I can't really get there fast enough and I'll have to edit the show to make it look like I know what I'm doing. But, um, but that is what I'm using right now. Now it's not a, you know, true RMM in the sense, but you can get to all of the devices uh, anytime if you activate the remote stuff and you can, of course, monitor all of them. And I don't even know why I can't find it here because, oh, it's called Active Insight. I said it wrong. So that would be a, a problem there. See, I'm new to Synology, so I'm not there. So Active Insight is what it's called. <coughs> Sorry about the cough. That's why I have the tea here. And I'll get this loaded up here. And as I'm logging in, I see that Sam from the chat has actually added that comment. Recently added Synology support. So if it isn't already with Magnus bots, it should be soon. <coughs> so that is a partial answer to your question. Ooh. And folks, I'm just marking the time on the recording because I'm going to do something I usually don't do, <clears throat> and that is edit the show to get out this hacking cough. So let me see if this is... All right, so let me share this screen and see if this will help with uh, what I'm trying to explain. So I'm going to share screen, window, active insight. Okay. So these are, so I've got 10 of my devices in Active Insight. So I can see that I've got a total of 10 hosts and I don't really pay attention to all this, but if you scroll down, it'll give the top five hosts by metric. So I can see CPU load, memory utilization, uh, network utilization, volume usage, all of that good stuff, drive temperature, which is obviously good if you are using these as file servers and they need to be up and running, utilization, throughput, um, this next section called hosts. And again, folks, if you are listening to the audio podcast, this will be saved on YouTube. So you can go to the show page and click on the video and you can uh, get to this and see what we are showing. But uh, again, it gives a visual representation of all of the things I mentioned as well as storage use. So if you've got a device and you want to know, you know, is it getting full? This will tell you um, that there. There's also an event tab, which I haven't really used that much, except that it'll tell you if there's an improper shutdown, backup task, all of that stuff. And one of the things that I am working with, I am transitioning some of my clients to hyper backup. Uh, some of the ones that were on the smaller Datto appliances that did not want to pay um, much more for that. Uh, we're moving on to hyper backup, and I've got some of the hyper backup going to Wasabi, and some of them. Ooh, can't believe I'm going to have to edit this show. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got some of the hyper backups. <coughs> I've got some of the hyper backups going to Wasabi. 
and then I've got the others to the Synology C2 cloud. So I'm testing both of those to see which uh, which works. Wasabi is pretty inexpensive. Uh, the C2 is actually inexpensive as well. The difference that I have found is that Wasabi bills you for actual utilization. The C2, you actually have to purchase the number of terabytes that you think you're going to use. So you're kind of playing a guessing game and having to watch. Whereas Wasabi, the usage just expands when you need it. And um, then you just what you what you need. So uh, to answer the question in the chat, what is the best URL to participate in the chat? I should probably have said this. So we are streaming both live on Facebook and the YouTube, and each of those have a chat that if you type in there, I'll see it. Now, the YouTube people can't see the Facebook people, and the Facebook people can't see the YouTube people. So some of the people that I mentioned earlier are all on the Facebook crowd. So PC Medics, you are in the YouTube crowd. So I don't know if that means that there's going to be a rumble, but... uh, that's just kind of how the chat is. There may be a point in time where I settle on just one, and that way everybody's in the same chat. Or hopefully StreamYard, the platform that I use, will find a way to merge them all together. Um, so, yeah, so back to what I was doing for the backups. And so as you can see, <clears throat> most of my appliances I'm using for backup. So here's the S3 storage and how much uh, is in the destination. So if I need to know exactly how much space they're using, um, I can see. So for this client, I've got 983 gigs. Uh, For this client, I've got 2.6 terabytes. For this client, 1.78 terabytes. So um, that gives me an idea of what's in the cloud. There's some other stuff that they are doing. They've created this report section, which I've just started playing with, where you can create automated reports that can be sent to you and that I've not really looked at a lot of this other stuff yet but uh, again here's yeah so right now active insight is still in beta and I don't know what the cost is going to be they haven't hinted at it maybe I can ask them when they're on the show and we'll see how that goes but here's what it is so basically all of this stuff in the dashboard is updated about every minute or every five minutes, depending on what they are. You get one year of data history retention, customized events for performance alerts, an overview of the hyper backup statuses, and detection of unusual login activities. That, of course, is good if you are doing any sort of compliance for your client. So there we go. All right, so let me stop the screen here and... Facebook versus YouTube is starting in the chat already. PC Manage, uh, you've been summoned. Come over to this side. Don't be shy. So shots fired there. All right, Tom. So hope that answers some of your question. I don't think yet uh, there's anything set up for any of the RMMs. I, to be honest, didn't even think about that when I started using the Synology, except I wanted a dashboard, and I got it. 
Uh, let's see. Diana writes, uh, I was very interested in the Synology features to get rid of on-prem servers when someone has basic line of business or QuickBooks is the only reason they have it. Very good. So a couple of these, uh, two of the appliances that I got were to replace file servers. I will say that. And the file servers are actually quite easy to do. Um, They even have some security features that I found great. You can encrypt the drives if you want to. Um, The only thing I have found with encryption is that it does make recovery a little difficult. So on those file servers, I'm actually using two types of redundancy and backup. So I'm using the synchronization uh, feature to where it actually, not not the synchronization, cheese and crackers. You think I would study this stuff before I get on the air? Uh, Let me... It's not called synchronization. What is it? It's called something else. Let me pull one up and snapshot. That's it. Snapshot replication. So I am using snapshot replication to actually do a quick backup of files during the day because we have found in the past, especially for law firms, where they make a change to a file you know, a document or something like that. And then all of a sudden they got to go back and find the previous edit. So some of the offices I have backing up a snapshot every hour for some, that's too much others. It's two hours. So if we need to go back and get something earlier in the day, we can just go to that snapshot, pull it. And I have found that if you encrypt the folder or encrypt the backup, you can't pull from those snapshots, those are just simply image-based immutable backups that you restore in an emergency. So that was something that I had to turn off. Then I do the hyper backup, which is just the full backup of any changes that day to the cloud, to whichever S3 location that I chose. So those are the two things that I'm doing when it uh, comes to the file servers. The other thing that I have liked about the file servers is that it easily integrates into a domain situation so that you can you don't have to worry about adding users manually to the Synology NAS. So with my law firms, the first one I did had about 35 users. This last one I did um, is actually in that location. There's actually I should take that back. That is for the entire firm. So that's over a hundred users. And rather than having to set up individual users in the Synology, you just add it to the domain. It synchronizes the Active Directory users. It synchronizes the groups. So all of your permissions that were copied over from the old server just stayed with the new server. And the shares you set up basically the same way. And you can set up access level control and all of that. Um the good thing is with the Synology, if you do it right, you can always, you know, get the four or six or more bay appliance that you can just simply add storage when you need it as opposed to, you know, when you buy a Dell or HP server, you're pretty much locked in with that chassis if you're doing a tower. Of course, if you're doing, you know, a SAN, you know, you're kind of doing the same thing as Synology, but Synology is, is about half the price. And look, Keith made it over to the Facebook. Oh, 
There you go. All is well in the world. All right. So going back to the question about Synology, uh, Magnets Bots, and okay, massive, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Have you investigated Comet slash Magnets Bots? So Sam, I have not. Uh, Sam continues, I love now it's file changes, or in the case of image backups, it appears to be sector changes. So it's only the changes that add storage space usage. Okay, that is um, something that I will be looking at. They are a great partner in the channel that I have heard about. I have not used them. I was a big Daddle person for years. And then I used the backup integrated with my RMM package. So when I needed to look for a Daddle alternative, I still needed something with an appliance on site because I wanted to have a local backup and the cloud backup. At the time, I think when I first heard about Magnus Box, it was only a cloud option. I don't know if they have the local appliance yet or if you bring your own appliance. Um, I will reach out to them this summer. Um, I've kind of, you know, stayed away from them. One of the things that I like to, to do is to not step on other podcasters. Magnus Box is a sponsor of the Mike Tech Show. Mike and I are good friends. And he talks about Magnus Box all the time. So I didn't feel like I wanted to poach that uh, from him. Not that I need Magnus Box as a sponsor. I, that wasn't the case. But I'd love to have them you know, on the show to talk about their product more and, and all of that. I don't know that I would be using it. So in, you know, in all honesty, I don't want to try to, you know, pretend, Hey, yeah, come talk to me and, you know, we'll see how it is. I just don't know, but having them on the show so that I'll know more about them and be able to share that with the rest of you out in the industry. That is something that I do want to do. All right. So get that there. So here's an email I found interesting. This has nothing to do with Synology or Magnets Bots, but it was an email that came in today at 1.40 p.m. that I thought was uh, interesting. And it says, Uncle Marv's IT business podcast is ranking very well in Canada. And it is from somebody named Carlos. And I won't say the company name because uh, I have to double check and see if this is Truly legit, but it does say, hello, how is it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your podcast, Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast, has good performance in Apple Podcast rankings for the last 30 days. Position number 151 in the category technology in Canada and position 235 in the category technology United Kingdom. This data provided by podstatus.com. And then it says, happy podcasting, Carlos. So apparently I am doing fantastic outside of this country. But that must mean I suck in the U.S. or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out and see. But it, it was uh, kind of you, Carlos, to send me an email letting me know that I, I'm doing pretty good in Canada. And uh, that probably is because of my good friend, Chad Kemp, who uh, hangs on my every Florida man story. Oh, I'm big in the Midwest. Thanks, Sam. 
All right. Hang on a second while I sip some tea. And for those of you watching live, I'm sipping from my IT Business Podcast mug. I'm still working on what I'm going to do with these and all of that. So you'll see more of these out in the field. Okay, I think that uh, is a pretty good catch-up of what's been happening with me. I don't want to go too long on a night without a guest. I do want to say, coming up, I have a very interesting, very interesting guest. So I will be bringing on, I'm going to pull up here this website and share it with everybody. This is... If I can get my cursor to work with me properly. So if you look up the website, doconnect.com, and that is D-I-O and the word connect.com, this is a new product that is coming on the market. It's called D-O Node, and they are just going live for pre-orders over Indiegogo. The product is the world's, oh, I guess I should have, uh, I could probably share the screen too so you can see. I'm sorry, folks. I'm just sitting here. So if you're watching live, that is, or if you're watching on the video, doesn't have to be live. Um, Deal Node just went live for pre-orders over Indiegogo. The product is the world's simplest, most robust and most affordable multi-room speaker system out there. They are offering a special 17% off discount for backers that pre-order speakers now, as well as 35% off future Node speaker and exclusive Indiegogo editions of the speaker for all Indiegogo backers if we get enough pre-orders. So this was a gentleman that I had seen out in the wild and reached out and said, Ooh, I'd like to hear more. So these are, uh, when we talked, it was pretty much the same concept as Sonos. And it was supposed to be simpler than Sonos and cheaper than Sonos. And you can get a three pack for just two thirty nine, which is 60% cheaper than a Sonos One SL. Now, I don't know what that means because I don't use Sonos, but uh, to get a multi-room speaker set is something that, yes, I have been looking for that, even though I don't do a ton of technology in my house, but the wife likes to entertain. So when we do, we'd like to have the same thing playing throughout the house. So Dio Node uh, sounds like it's going to be a great product. So I am going to have that uh, gentlemen, uh, on the show, and we will talk about that. And again, the website, doconnect.com, and that is going to be in an upcoming show, maybe as soon as the next show. So be looking for that. All right. That is going to do it, folks. I thank you very much for hanging out. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have a very special story in the news. So why don't we go in the news? So this one also is for my 
good friend, Chad. Um, it's not an alligator, but it is a great story where a Florida sheriff encourages people encourages people to take gun safety lessons and says that he prefers that they save the taxpayers' money by shooting home invaders. So Brandon J. Harris, age 32, was thwarted by an unarmed homo... This is probably my worst show ever. Let me start that over. Brandon Harris, 32, was thwarted by an unarmed homeowner. See, I read that wrong again. Brandon Harris was thwarted by an armed homeowner who shot at him during his string of burglaries, allowing Florida deputies to corner him as he fled. Sheriff Bob Johnson of Santa Rosa County praised the homeowner's actions that led to the criminal's capture and arrest on Wednesday. If someone's breaking into your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County, Johnson said. We prefer that you do, actually. So what happened is the homeowner had fired several shots, but none of them hit the person. So Sheriff Johnson encouraged the resident to come forward, saying that they were not in trouble, and encouraged them to attend the department's gun safety courses. And his great quote is, if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better. So that is your Florida Man story for this week. And uh, we'll find another Gator-related story for next week. And that is going to do it for this episode. I, once again, thank you all, folks. Um, I wanted to make sure I got to the emails. I gave an opportunity for people to participate, ask questions, give suggestions, comments, all of that sort of stuff. So be sure that you do that. Head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and leave suggestions in the comment box. Uh, Sign up for the show. Listen, I think I want to get an email soon that says that I'm doing pretty good in the U.S. So uh, spread the word. Uh, Let people know that the IT Business Podcast is out there. What I think may have happened is that some of you may not know, but this show used to be called something else. It used to be called PodNuts Pro. And I rebranded the show at the beginning of the year, called it the IT Business Podcast, but I did not bring the RSS feed over from PodNuts. That is still over there. So all those old shows are, are over there. I did import a bunch of those shows. So if you go back in the feed and look for old shows, they're branded PodNuts Pro. And they're on this feed, but in the world of podcasting, the IT Business Podcast is a new podcast. So I'm having to redo all of the work with um, all of the Google rankings and all of those things that make us visible in the web world. So I've got to, you know, no marketing Marv's got to do some work here. So I would appreciate any help that you all can do in spreading the word and letting them know. PodNuts Pro is now the IT Business Podcast. Head over to the ITBusinessPodcast.com. Sign up using your favorite uh, podcatching app and keep up with the show. And uh, I also will be looking for some support. So 
Uh, if you look on the donate page, you will see that you can, you know, buy a cup of coffee, you can do PayPal, and you can become a patron. And we are going to be adding some nice benefits. If you become a monthly patron, we will start to do some things where there'll be some extra shows, some private sessions. Uh, you'll be automatically entered in giveaways, things of that nature. So those are things that we're looking to add. Um, we're going to have merch. So you'll be able to get um, IT business podcast stuff. Now, they're not all going to be logoed stuff. They're going to have, you know, we're going to have the opportunity to customize mugs. So if you want a business with your logo on it, I'm going to be able to do that for you. Um, as I spill tea over my keyboard, that was lovely. Um, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff there. You can see in the back, um, we've got some books up here, and those are the books that I'm hoping to start the IT Business Book Club. So we've got Traction over here. We've got Fix This Next by Mike Mallow. Michael McCallowitz over there. Um, we're going to try to look at those books and see what things are being taken from those and applied to business that are making big impacts and bringing in profits and making you more efficient and um, effective in your business. And then I've got some other stuff here. So that's what we're working on here. Now coming to you live from Studio B over here in Fort Lauderdale. Well, that's going to do it, folks. Again, thank you very much for hanging out and listening to the show. We'll be back soon with another show talking about DeoNode at DeoConnect.com. We'll have some future shows with Synology and NetAlly, our presenting sponsor. And I want to thank um, Computers Done Right for being the live show sponsor here on StreamYard. And, man, I'm rambling, rumbling, mumbling. That's going to do it, folks. I'm going to say good night, so long, farewell, and until next time, holla.